hello and welcome to the show guys um thank you very much for taking the time to download and listen or stream the podcast i really appreciate uh, your support um today on today's podcast i have a crossfit athlete called pd savage who trains at a crossfit 8020 in portadown uh, just a little bit about him in 2018 this guy was ranked 147th in the world 10th in europe and second in the uk so he's a bit of a bit of an athlete all right um to say the least but he's been through a few surgeries and stuff and injuries that has kind of had setbacks in his crossfit career so um that's what i wanted to talk to him about is how to keep in that, that positive mindset um on how to train through an injury how to eat and uh, use your nutrition through the injury so we touch on that throughout the podcast so hopefully you find that interesting but pd is a really good way of keeping things really simple and easy to understand so um which is great uh but at the end of this here podcast i'm going to kind of go into a little bit more detail um on the techniques uh, of recovery and how to measure that for for your recovery different types of food and supplementation that will help speed up um uh, your recovery and give you a little bit more understanding of it okay so that's just a little bit extra at the end uh, which hopefully you'll get a little bit more detail out of so um without further ado um let's get let's get into it and see and hear a little bit more from pd himself hopefully enjoy it patrick pd pd yes patrick daniels pd pd okay um i wanted to get you on because uh, obviously your background and your injuries that you had yeah. and I wanted to kind of get more detail in um, uh, how you've sort of stayed motivated to kind of keep training and stay on track but yeah. before we get into that that's the main thing from the podcast but what I want to do right now is just to kind of for you to introduce yourself to kind of give me a wee feedback of where you started your training yeah. and uh, how you got on the CrossFit <clears throat> if you can. Sure. Um, I think I just always played Gaelic football from a young age. Gaelic and hurling actually. Played hurling until I was like eighteen, then stopped. It was like uh, it turned into too much of a man sport. Then you know, right. <laughs> it was uh, yeah. So it got uh, got way beyond me then, and then you kind of couldn't really be a dual player anymore. So I delved into Gaelic mm-hmm. more then, and you were training. You know, even then, I think it was like five years ago. I stopped playing, and then you were training four or five days a week, and yeah. especially when you're minors, you're training and you did school football. And yes. All that sort of thing. So you're yeah. training. You could be training six, seven days a week. To be yeah. fair, you know it's a classic thing of uh, your um, teenagers getting burnt out when yeah. you come into the early twenties, and you yeah. can see easily how that happens. Um, so I guess I've done that. Um, was always into a bit of weights and things. Never really knew what I was doing. Never really knew what I was doing. Probably still don't really know what I'm doing, but I have a much better <laughs> idea. I think and it always change. You know, everyone the the strength condition, everything always changes. But um, mm. just been into general weights, into a country club gym, Burnley Hotel. Done the cable machines just to go by, by them, do like five sets of ten and everything, you know, everything, and... everything. <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing, so like just do more of it, you know. Yeah. Um, done that, and then eventually managed to make my way into the free weights area. Dumbbell, incline, decline, flat dumbbell, bench press, everything like that. Um, zero legs at that stage, still didn't think you needed straight legs, really. It was chest and back, that's all you need. <laughs> um, yeah, then kept going into football and then through university then, um, obviously typical thing at university, you go there first year, you drink the head of yourself, you try and play a bit of football and the crack's good, so it was all good, you know, and then kind of towards the end of it, the end of the university degree, I was like, right, I need to knuckle down here and get a degree. So I sort of started hitting the gym hard then the last two years, because um, actually like, the way it works in engineering anyway, you have to be on a certain percentage to qualified to do the masters mm. so i was like so borderline it's my first and second year in results were disgrace right and um, so uh yeah just involved starting gym routine and you know actually going to the library for the first time so uh yeah i started doing that and that's kind of really how it took off and then um you settled yourself more and yeah 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 got just, just got a routine and structure yeah. and that was just i think it was in third year studying it was just more weights training and um you know, it was more like German volume type training. It was like mm-hmm. five by ten. Sort of started following the program at that stage. Um, I actually went down to it was a gym called Century Gym and done like a six week physique thing and all. And at the time, I I didn't know any better, and it was great because I didn't know any better. But 
them type of things they're for a short lifespan they're in to get you and do like a you know do it is what it is a six-week physique it's a crash course it's a crash diet it's mm-hmm. everything you come away from it you have a six-pack you look good then next thing a week later it's gone yeah you know you're, you're going in for that kind of thing so I stumbled into that and I kind of, kind of followed that method of training for a while and got bored of that and then eventually started seeing CrossFit. I remember watching a YouTube video. I think it was actually like Jason Kleeper in the games doing wall balls and I was like, that's easy, I can do that until I started in a wall ball yes. <laughs> and then realised it was quite hard. Um, and then it was in the, actually made it into the Masters year and then in the Masters year that's when I took into CrossFit and started in CrossFit Northern Ireland. Um, Reebok and Gian uh, just went there every day. Started just um, classic story of anybody across. I just fell in love with it, talked about it, done it, blah blah blah. Um, and I guess from the get go in CrossFit, that was kind of the the year when it's, it's changed from um, Gaelic and training as well. I just couldn't really keep up both. And then I done the first CrossFit competition that year in Titanic Games, and he came third or something. And uh, then after that, I was like. Okay, I wanna, I wanna make a go with this. You know, mm-hmm. I really wanna try and train hard. And I was like doing, uh, I, I told we had a max that weekend, and it wasn't anything that big. It was on the Friday night, and the competition was on the Saturday Sunday. And then I lied to my football manager, I told him I was sick. I was like, right. oh, I can't make it. The next thing he sees all over Facebook media is fitness competitions <laughs> two days in a row. I had a bit of explaining to do the next week, but the, like everyone was cool about it because it done okay and uh, they won the match anyway. So um, it was the end of that year that I sort of. Um, Dwindled out of the football and uh, who did you play for at uni? Um, Queens. Queens, Queens, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, uh, like, they were all right then for you at your actual home club to, for you to kind of pursue this. What did you or did you kind of just you fuzzled it out then, anyway? Or it was just at the end of that year actually. We, we, our team, we were quite, kind of always in the fringe. We were like always in the Division One relegation playoffs. Mm. We we're always like, a good team. Then there was like only maybe ten or twelve boys turning up to train them. And I kind of just got a bit fed up of it, you know. Um, so that kind of thing, that's the only disadvantage of team sports. I, I think, you know, whenever, whenever it's going well and you have everybody there and the buzz is good, yeah. there's nothing better. Like, you know, I, I miss the crack with all them ones and, uh, and all sort of cracks. All the boys yeah. you grew the up with. Stuff. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 big time, yeah. big time. But like, I guess that's why people who've never done team sports fall in love across it because that's what they get out of it, you know? I totally see where you're coming from with regards to that team sport because um, you have, uh, the, you rely on those people. Mm, yeah. And whereas CrossFit, the more it's more on us on you, yeah. and if you miss a training, it's on you. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and it's uh, that's what I liked about it. That's why I had to kind of leave that Gaelic as well. I felt yeah. it just uh, I w- because of my work, I wasn't making training. And then if I would have got on at the weekend, somebody would have said to me, "Oh, I'm very surprised you got on." Yeah, if, yeah, if, yeah. You know, you weren't making training and stuff. So, yeah, yeah. You know, it was that politics type thing. There is, and it's, it's everywhere. It's yeah. everywhere. Yeah. That politics thing, and then the old man shouting over the wire, oh, you useless so and so, or blah blah blah. And like, you're out there trying your best, like, yeah. you know what I mean? You know, you kick a good point, and you're, you're the best thing ever. Next thing you kick a ball away, and everyone's shouting over the wire, you just got fed up with that. So, yeah. um, yeah, as you say, it's like maybe you come to train, it's whatever you put in, you get out, yeah. you know, out of CrossFit, you know, you put your time into some sort of skill, and then you get the benefits of that. Yeah. You know, you put your time into strength, you get stronger, you know. Yeah. So, I guess I was. I was that kind of track-minded, but you can see how mm-hmm. team sports is definitely just for some people, you know. But I, I would say, like, now, from whenever you started CrossFit and stuff as well, the, the training and, and the nutrition side of things too, there's probably a lot more structure in that. Oh, completely. I had no clue about nutrition whatsoever. Like, yeah. Be, like yeah, you know, it was a classic thing starting, like never mentioned about that six-week physique thing, like all that was about no-carb diets and high-protein, you yeah. know, and carb cycling and everything, but... It's just not like that's why I don't think it's viable. You know, you need a regular nutrition plan, mm-hmm. your regular training structure, and just something that works for you too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how long did it sort of take you to kind of find out what worked for you and what? I still say I'm playing with it. You know, um, you know, I do have a good idea, but then you're always asking all people for different ideas. You know, um, because just through working life, you end up training different times a day and different time and uh, and whatever. So you need to know. All right, I can't train. Um, I need to train early in the morning, right? Do I need to take a shake during training, or do I need to have something after training, mm-hmm. or whatever? And the more of an it's more about the you know in and around your training day. Like you have your general overall calorie intake or macros mm-hmm. breakdown throughout the day. And um, obviously, in the ideal world, you want to have it bang on your timings, but that's the extra couple of percent that you're talking about the professional athletes and people who can't do that. Mm-hmm. But it's around your training. You know, you have yourself in a fuel state and um, recovery after it. 
is the most important thing. And then rest of the day when you can, just try and make it up basically. Can we kind of go into that now? <laughs> yeah. Like before we kind of had on the injuries. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, just before we kind of continue, you know, we kind of fuzzle past this subject. But yeah. uh, can I go through like your basic, because do you still work full time? Yeah, yeah. So you're full time working and then yeah. you do what you can what you train in the morning can I go through if you can your schedule more or less yeah sure and then go on the, the uh, well, say on a say on a training day um, I, I still prefer after the last um, I was sick and whatever but say a typical training day at the minute is just once a day and um, that had been like uh, say first thing in the morning just because work has been so busy that I hadn't been able to train even times mm. um, so at least you know if you get done the morning time you're done yeah. so uh, say in the morning get up uh six then six thirty train and train say six thirty to um eight thirty four to nine sort of mm-hmm. pushing it a wee bit because i live quite close to work so oh, i'm always rocking in maybe quarter past nine or whatever um but uh but during that training session it's just to have like a protein shake uh, with carbs in it um you know and i have actually got some advice recently again of a phd nutrition guy mm-hmm. works in, in, thing, in london um so again that was kind of his um his take on it so take the shake and then within an hour of training, have like a, a decent meal of like uh, oats, so like 120 grams of oats, um, a scoop of protein, whey protein, for sponsorship one in there, yes. uh, two of that, um, and some frozen fruit, and you know, get that in within about an hour of your training session. Yeah. Uh, then later in the day, um, about lunchtime, then um, by one o'clock, then have like uh, you know, chicken, sweet potato. Uh, vegetables, some seeds, some avocado. You know, again, portions vary on what your your makeup and your and whatever your mm-hmm. output is basically. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's like two hundred grams of lean meat, um, two hundred grams sweet potato, uh, handful of green veg, and then like say uh, half an avocado or something like that. You know, um, or I like, get uh, thirty grams of nuts and seeds. You know, uh, things like that. Um, and then it's quite similar then in the evening time. Um, so it's really having them two meals for me, um, which I find I actually enjoy quite well when I'm training in the morning. You know, I kind of like training fasted and just having a shake and yeah. then um, having your lunch and then having your dinner. Um, then maybe at night time, maybe have another snack and um, something again, like oats, um, protein pancakes. I haven't really been very good at being um, experimental with it. I just mm-hmm. like kind of, I find one thing that I like yeah. and I'm terrible. I'll do that until yes. instead of it, you know? Yes. Um, yeah, just try and vary the, the, the meals, the meat, the different things. Try and keep something varied and, you know, obviously get your different sources of fish and omega-3s and just try and keep it varied that way. But I think if you have a general overall structure of what you know you need for like a maintenance level, it's just being aware of whenever you're training more. So now I might try and start training twice a day. So it's like, right, you might need to up your carb intake. That, all that will really mean. People are like, oh, I'll eat up the carbs. need like this much extra. It's like, no, you might just need one extra shake. You might just need one mm-hmm. extra piece of fruit. You might just need a bit extra. Mm-hmm. But it's just important to keep note of energy levels and how you're sleeping and how you're recovering and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the basis of the nutrition. It does get a bit more complicated then, um, trying to train twice a day, I guess. Um, uh, you just have to be very prepared. You know, you need to have yeah, your meals on. That's massive. Yeah, because if, if, if you're working and whatever, and you're training twice a day, so say you do the same thing I just said, and then in the evening time, you're training until, like, uh, say, half eight again. You kind of need to eat straight away because if you want to get something else in before bed, mm. then you know you have to have another bowl of oats or something like maybe an hour later. So by the time you get home and make that meal, then you know you're not going to get that extra bit that you might need, and it's kind of hard to go to sleep when you're on a full stomach. You know, so mm. it's all down to preparation too. You know, if um, you need to have whether you're just prepared and you know you can make something very quickly or you have something there on hand. Yeah. You know? No, yeah. totally. So, um, it's mainly it's two main meals that you're going to ever have, and then you're. Two means and a bit of fairly big breakfast Snack. and then some snacks as well. Yeah. So that that's kind of the structure at the minute. I had I had followed like two years ago, I had followed like a, a RP template, you know, a Renaissance periodization. And um, they're quite big, like they sponsor like rich protein and there's more and, intermittent fasting type, is it? Um, no, it's just it's just lots lots of small meals and regularly. You know, oh, right. and it was like I remember whenever I looked at the spreadsheet, I remember thinking, Oh my god, this is so difficult and like I had a have like oh I had, I I stuck to that religiously and in fairness like I got I remember the first time I'd done it, I got really lean, I got like uh, mm. probably one of the leanest I ever got. And uh, to the point I never really seen it myself and people were saying to me, like, Jesus, what what are you been doing? 
And I was like, yeah, I've been starving myself for 12 weeks. <laughs> you know, right. The whole time I was doing it, I was pretty hungry and I was training a lot. And I was just like, uh, it was actually like a one-to-one coaching thing I'd done. And I was telling them, I was like, look, I have really no energy. Like I would um, get to the end of the week and remember on like Friday evening during training, because um, the way it works, it was like, you know, you had carbs, 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 and then on Thursday, whenever it was your rest day, you had like half carbs or half of your, um, uh, whatever your, it would have been. So say you're having 60, 70 grams per meal, it was only like 30 grams. Then on a Friday evening during training, I remember like an hour into training, I was dead. Like I had no energy, no glycogen stores, no nothing new because mm-hmm. the day before, just from half new carbs, mm-hmm. I had nothing. It, it, like if people are into aesthetics or whatever, then you know, that's grand work. Performance, it didn't work for me. And yeah. um, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the RP. Like I've seen people get so many good results mm-hmm. and whatever, but it's just that time for what I was trying to do, it didn't really work and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so. And supplements, <clears throat> like um, you mentioned like your weight, yeah, and stuff yeah. there. Um, anything else that you're using um, or yeah, no, just like fish oil or something. Yeah, using all that way. This is probably it's just they do sell it on the point of you know it doesn't upset your tummy and doesn't do all that. Which mm. Doesn't seem to do. You know, it mixes well in your porridge. So I love having that. Um, fish oils. Uh, yeah, just take a fish oil tablet. Um, I've actually I just I don't know why we do health span elite supplements. You go into them and they have all their stuff that's like informed by sport, you know, tested and everything. So you're not worried about anything. And yes. um, so I've even been taking like a calcium supplement, uh, a probiotic, uh, um, what else was there? A collagen supplement um, and something else. I just, I've literally, you know, you know, you go on and you see, uh, I had taken things for a while and not, no reason, just ran out and never, never got it again, yes. you know, but I probably should. But, um, I don't think that's the main ones really, like a probiotic, um, calcium, collagen, um, and I have actually taken GLC as well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it just has a good high dosage of um, glucosamine in it, and I think anyone, any crossfitters can need that, you know, joint health is yeah. so important, so if you're trying to train a lot, it's kind of important to have that, you know. Yeah, brilliant. Um, so that's the basis of your nutrition. Now, uh, you got like online coaching for your nutrition, but what about the strength training? Have you always done the training at CrossFit Reebok Northern Ireland and eighty twenty here? You know, have you just followed their programming, or have you got sort of uh, strength cycles or uh, from anyone else to kind of help you with your? Yeah, training? so it was after pretty much after uh, oh, probably four years now. I've been um, working with um, Neil Laverty in system training. Um, I don't think it was really system when it started. He was just doing a competitive training within eighty twenty when I started training here, mm. um, and he just always had a bit of extra on the side of people who want to compete or people who want to do that. There's always just he was always interested in himself. He's quite a good competitor, and um, so he was always interested in it. So mm-hmm. um, it was easy for him to sort of delve into that. Yeah. And um, so I've just followed him, and he's always pushing his knowledge and trying to do different things. And he's got good links and uh, friendships with um, the guys at Train Think Tank and Maxwell Hag, and he's always running ideas past them. So he's always keeping it fresh, you know, he's always trying to, and obviously in Train Think Tank, and for any people who don't know, um, they, he programs for uh, Noah Olsen and Travis Mayer, like mm-hmm. games athletes, mm-hmm. veterans, you know, and, mm-hmm. and other great athletes as well. And they're, they're big into the science behind everything. They collect a lot of data and everything. So like he's big into that and he, um, uh, this needs, um, this is and uh, he's always you know trying to find the newest ways of doing things you know because like training this year not looked anything like it did two years ago you know things are always changing and how they train energy systems and things like that so um yeah so in terms of strength cycles and all these kind of yeah and you just you do you kind of just come on and do it or do you kind of do you want to find out more about it and, and how yeah um like some days i actually i think uh, anyone who's you're working and stuff it's just training's always your outlet so yeah. it is nice to come in actually yeah. and just switch off mm-hmm. and not think about it but i would think about it afterwards you know uh, you think about why was it doing that what was that trying to achieve or yeah. you know things like that and you always ask questions too you know um you get much more buy-in in a program like if you understand why you're doing things mm-hmm. or why you're doing it it's it makes it much easier to do yeah you know if you just think oh I'm, why am i doing this 20 minute max effort row or 20 30 minute max effort salt yeah. bike you know, it's because you want to break that down and see yeah. what you can do like in the EMOM or something and yeah. see what your power output is and then yeah. try and develop that over time. Mm-hmm. You know, so you, it, it all comes down to figures and facts and how can you, you know, measure, measure that and make that better. Because at the end of the day, if you don't measure it, how do you know if you're getting better or getting fitter? Yeah. So you need to have all these test results um, to do these things. You know? And like we say, like, is it specifically CrossFit? Because like, 
as I, I like to say, CrossFit's more or less everything. There's strongman movements, there's powerlifting, yeah, yeah. there's Olympic lifting, gymnastics. So um, how much, and people can kind of get, oh, it's not really CrossFit if it doesn't have a barbell in it. Yeah. That's another thing that I hear quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. So do, do you use incorporate like the yoke carries or? Oh, part? loads of that. Like I think, I think whenever, whenever CrossFit first started up and like, I think it was in CrossFit.com and it started off like just dumbbells as well. There was no real barbell movements, I think, mm. um, a lot of it. Like in Brought to Santa Cruz, I could I could be completely wrong there, but I remember at the start, like, so people say there's no barbells and stuff and it's not CrossFit, it's completely <laughs> against it. Like, um, like last weekend, actually, it was just a way of doing tribal class in Portugal, which was so much fun, but no barbells. It was on the beach, you were very good half time, but it was still CrossFit, you know, mm-hmm. and um, you're still getting a really good workout. It was like swimming in the sea, which most of us are terrible at. Um, you just you don't do it here doggy paddling yeah, pretty much um, actually thankfully the individual swim event got cancelled because the, the tide picked up and people were actually drowning so thankfully it, was, it wasn't us um but yeah no so to say that's not crossfit like it's crossfit's like you know it's everything everything, everything. it's fitness and everything do you yeah. know it's not in the gym it's that's why the, the, the people are like oh you need to get outside the gym you need to use your fitness and blah 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 but that's what it is, you know, you need to be able to go out and do whatever you want to do mm-hmm. in everyday life, but then, you know, picking up stones and throwing stuff and, you know, and it's actually fun as well. Yeah, like, I love it too. Basically what CrossFit does is brings the inner kid back out in people, yeah. you know, it's a playground for adults. Yes. <laughs> so it is, you know, we'll come in and throw stuff and um, and have the crack with friends, you yeah. know. Yeah. So, um, no, I like that idea of play. Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Back yeah. to that. Yeah. Um, uh, so, brilliant. The... Training site, we've had a wee bit on your nutrition. So you got competitive quite earlier on. Yeah. Um, can you talk about the competition and stuff that uh, that you've been through and, and how how you've developed in in, yeah. in competing? Um, I, I think just coming into CrossFit, I just kind of naturally had a, a decent engine, as they say, the terminology in CrossFit. Like you know, Gaelic yeah, just, Gaelic, just yeah. running all the time, doing whatever. Um. And the start, I remember people struggling for 100 meter runs. In fairness, that's me probably more now. Um, <laughs> but you know, in their workouts, I was like, why is everybody struggling? I was like, flan, you know, yeah. I would be struggling to do things, the pull ups or whatever, and I'd just take off and run like hell, you know, down the, in, the, in the runs. Yeah. But obviously, just, just because you've done so much of it. Um, so yeah, coming in, I always had that <clears throat> that side of it. And it sort of took about two years or so before I uh, sort of got anyway kind of competitive. I always felt like I could, you know, it was. I always just felt I was being held back, and it was just I was being held back by skills, you know, because I never done yeah. gymnastics, I never done yeah. anything like that. So um, I basically was being held back by skills. So whenever I got kind of got there, I'm on a, an even level. Um, again, started working with Neil, and just took you from you know gymnastic progressions and, uh, and pushing things that way. Then um, you know I sort of started being a bit more competitive, and you just kind of noticed. Um, I remember I started training with a friend, um, it was Luke Ebron at the time, like he was the, yes. the big dog Nash Cross, yes. he could move barbells, nobody could, you know, yes. um, and uh, just started like beating him in one or two workouts, and I was like, oh, this is, this is you, because normally I'd be way behind, yeah. you know, and I'd still be always trying to catch him, so I started beating him in one or two workouts, and then um, gymnastics just started getting better, and just started getting stronger in that kind of way, so um, yeah, I think whenever that element picked up, then I was able to, that's when I kind of just shut up a wee bit, um, I think I remember... I think it was it was that year. I think everyone probably remembers it. It was like the it was like the row and thruster workout. It was like calorie row and thrusters. It was like 27, 18, yeah. 15, 12, 9 or something like that. Yeah. And I can't even remember, but that was the first time I'd ever been a good score. I think even Neil didn't even realise. He was like, All right, okay, this guy can maybe do maybe be okay at CrossFit, you know? Yeah. Um because I put in a time and it wasn't like it wasn't far off like the guys like uh I think it was like Rich Froning or whatever, right? It was a short workout, it was a power output workout, and I'm a lot heavier than them guys, so like it should be good for me anyway. Mm-hmm. But I think that was the first time I kind of realised, all right, maybe this guy can actually do something in, in CrossFit, you know, and probably myself too. Maybe you see it, you know, you kind of need, you kind of think yourself, maybe you see the facts and figures on the board, like, all right, my time is as good as other people's here, maybe I can do this, you know. So whenever you actually see it there, um, then you're, it's a good boost to try and push forward, you know. Um, uh, that's again because uh, you're seeing a wee bit of your own potential there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. Um, like you had the, the Irish throwdown. The first, the first thing, you, first injury you had was the keyhole surgery in your knee. Was that? Yeah, the, um, yeah, and yeah. what was that for? Was that just something repetitive or? Um, no, I just it was. 
I actually, I can nearly relate it back to something. I remember being skiing years ago and I fell and sort of twisted me strangely. And um, like, never thought anything of it. It never really bothered me or whatever. Mm. And then I was doing lifting and I was doing like a front squat cycle or something. And then the knees just started getting sore. And um, it was just kind of really annoying. Then I went to see about it and eventually like, oh, your meniscus is partially tore. Yes. And I was like, oh shit, right. I didn't really even understand. I didn't even know what a meniscus was, yeah. <laughs> do you know? Yeah. I knew you had cartilage in your joints and everything, but meniscus, that was new terminology to me. Um, so uh, I went and seen a surgeon about it and they were like, oh, it's partially cleaved. And I said, like, look, we can cleave that wee bit off and that would flatten it out and take the pain away. And I said, like, oh, great, no bother. Um, so I was like, right, I still have a part of me, everything will be good. And then about a year later, I think it was, that was literally the week before Christmas. So it was on crutches that Christmas. And then oh, exactly a year later, it was, mm-hmm. a, it was a week before Christmas again, I was doing squat cleans. And it was actually, it was probably one of the strongest that I'd been. I remember like touching and going like 140, three or, or 145 or something for three and next thing I was doing like back offsets um, and then I felt a pop in my knee in the bottom of the squat clean then I stood up and I couldn't straighten my left leg and I was just like oh shit I just knew something was wrong I just went into the change rooms and got my bag and went home I was in the middle of the left of bar everything I just knew something wasn't right because I stood up and my leg went straight and then I went to bed that night and then I woke up and my leg was straight and I was like what the hell like, I didn't know what was going on but I would actually it was fully straight then Again, I had no clue what was going on in physiology in terms of the time. Um, and then I was walking about that day. And the next thing I tried nurse squat, and then I felt it pop again. And then I couldn't straighten my leg. And then I asked somebody, and they're like, well, that sounds a bit like cartilage. So basically, the cartilage was just floating about my knee. That's been completely dislodged. So I had to get the medial meniscus removed. So I walked into the surgeon, and he was like, um, I was like, you know, how soon can you do this? And then he's like, oh, I'm not too sure. Then I stood up from the chair, and he seen me walking. And he's like, is that the way you're walking? I was like, yeah, I can't straighten my leg. And he's like, all right. So he had me in like two days later. <laughs> so oh, he did, good. thankfully. Yeah, that's yeah. Because then that meant it was, at least that would meant I got done before Christmas. So I would have had to wait like another two weeks, you know, to, to get, because everyone's closing away and all the insurgents, they've got holidays and whatever. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So. Um, and then were you doing the open for yeah. that year too? Uh, or did you get. I did. did so that was the two, two years I actually I rushed back um, to try and make the open. Both very, very same same rehabs but that year I remember trying to get end range trying to get to the bottom the squat was actually really sore um, and I had to work hard to get that um, but I literally went from you know I kept doing some single leg stuff lunging and keeping you going and in fairness that's where Neil is really good at keeping you moving when you are injured yeah Um. so from then I was literally I could hardly do an air squat three weeks out from the open then like the second workout in the open was like 120 it was like the, the, the increasing ladder mm-hmm. of squat cleans so it came up again is that this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I came up again this year, and um, yeah, that, that was that one. And uh, the next thing I was doing 125 kilo squat cleans. <laughs> Only thing I couldn't do air squats on. Are you serious? Uh, at the same time, like looking back, it was a bit shit silly, do you know? At the time, like, at first, I had no pain, <laughs> but I should have, I should have, I should have sat out of the open. Yeah. But at the same time, that was just the competitive nature of me, and I wanted to do it. And we ended up getting the team to team the reasons that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were trying to score and everything in, and. But me now, you couldn't have talked to me back then. I would have done it anyway. Do you know what I mean? Surgeon um, would have been flipping. Yeah, 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 probably. <laughs> probably. But see, like, yeah, so um, the thing is, I think with meniscus and, and things like that, like, you know, that leads to knee replacements and all that sort of crap. Yeah. But so my sort of um, my uh, thinking on it is, I'm going to need knee replacement anyway, so I may as well enjoy it while I can. <laughs> you know so like whenever it's going to be like yeah. you know so and just hopefully yeah hopefully medical science picks up and we can like do 3d joint printing or something or <laughs> you never know what could happen uh, you know days we'll we'll keep our fingers crossed for that uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um right so that was like 2015 yeah yes yeah. and you had that 2015 and 2000 yeah that's right yeah and uh um he came back he did the open that year in 2016 as well because I'm just trying to piece together the whole thing how you kept training to get back into um, competitively again but again I think it was more down to the goal of the Open was coming up and then you're just complete ignorance (laughs) just to do it pretty much that was was the first time that was exactly it yeah yeah. Um, the second time you had that injury I was more the shoulder now what happened with that was it so that was later that that was in 2016 as well Um, Training actually picked up really well because I um, actually I worked, started working part time in Zurich in Belfast then, mm. um, or tried full time. Um, was coaching and things because uh, I, I took an engineering job in Dublin, didn't like it, and um, 
it just happened to be exactly a year my mum passed away as well wow. and I was just like look I want to take a break and um, I was like right I'm going to do this I was like I'm going to go after this competitive goal and coach and everything um, and it was really good for a while and then next thing came to we're doing qualifiers and Battle of Beast qualifiers Battle of Beast which is now the European Championships you know it changed hands mm-hmm. and I actually got qualified in first place again I was like completely surprised I was like what the hell like I didn't even you know, was like, what the hell is this going on? Yeah, pretty much, I, was, I, I had no clue. I was like, what the frig? And um, then you know, things were going really well and training was going well. And I was like, Flip, I'm looking forward, looking forward to this. Then next thing, uh, my left shoulder started getting sore and um, I just, uh, it just got progressively worse over a few weeks and to the point where I couldn't even do a strict pull up and the, the back of it got really tight and everything. Mm. Ended up going and getting a scan. I remember talking to Emma McQueen at the time because Emma had just gone through surgery uh, for her shoulder like the year before. And I remember talking to her and then she, she was like, yeah, I think you should go and see Linda uh, and Linda the physio in, in Orthodurm and, and, you know, talk to her about it. Like, I think she knew rightly what it was, but didn't really want to tell you. Mm-hmm. But it was the labrum had been torn in the shoulder, so I got the scans and the MRI and it's shown that. And um, so labrum space, you know, the, it's like a ball, the shoulder's a ball and socket joint and the labrum's like the, the, just the cup socket that holds it in. So whenever that's not there, if it's torn, it can just move about. And it caused pain elsewhere in the shoulder, which is what I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, which again, I think going into CrossFit, my left shoulder had always burnt out. If I was doing push presses or anything or overhead squats, like if I couldn't feel my left shoulder, it would go numb. But the way the labor works is that if a part of the tears is like Velcro, so then if a small tear in it, then next thing the whole thing can just tear off, which is clearly what happened because I had like a 180 degree tear in mine. So um, yeah, so that ended up really like Battle of Beast qualifiers that year, and um, or sorry, the competition because we ended up getting surgery. Uh, 2016. Yeah, 2016, <clears throat> and then back to the same situation. That was in like October, November, and then it's the same situation. The race to try and get fit for the open. Yeah. <laughs> so it was. So again, a bit of uh, done the rehab and all the technicity, and um, and then try to get fit for the open again. And that was whenever it was all Europe region. I think I finished like. I think it's the top 50 or something anyway. 35, sorry, yeah. <laughs> you know the fact. <laughs> um, yeah, it was like top, I think it was only top 25 that made it, was it? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure yeah, yet. anyway, it was very, yeah, it was very low and um, maybe it was top 30. Sorry. Wait, anyway. you didn't make it? No, it was top, I think it was top 30. Yeah, I didn't make it. I remember being, it was, it was a very awkward situation. 2016. Yeah. In the UK, you were 22nd. Okay. Uh, 2005. So it, it would have been 2017. 2017. Uh, the fifth, fifth, in the UK. Yeah, then in Europe then. Um, uh, I didn't, I can't, I didn't, didn't screenshot that. But yeah, so the, maybe it was a bit, I think it was, I think it was maybe top 15 around Europe, because that yeah. was the, the whole Central Europe then, you know, that was yeah. everybody in it. Okay. Um, so yeah, that was very difficult to make it, and um, it was just as well it didn't, to be fair, because uh, I wouldn't have been ready for it either. You know, as I say, the skills were still brushing up, I was still quite, I always done okay in the open because it was just quite fit and like a tight-headed and you know in, embracing the suck like that was kind of what I'm good at and um, so that was fine but uh, then we had a team going to, to regionals that year then we had a, a, a good year out too and mm-hmm. um, so yeah, at least my scores could help contribute to the team it would have been a very difficult situation if you had a qualified and the uh, team needed your scores because that's how it used to how it worked you know everyone's scores had to go in and then if somebody went individual their scores come out and the next person's next best person right, scores would okay. win so then the team probably wouldn't have qualified so right. it could have left it a very different situation yes. I still wanted to do my best you know um, but yeah so it was um, nearly a blessing it, it, it was team. it was okay. definitely definitely because okay. you know it was at that time especially in that region uh, of the Europe one if you made it like you know might never happen again it was very yeah. difficult to make it you know mm-hmm. um, so yes it, um, it was definitely a blessing uh, and uh, the, that team was it that year you made it to regional mm-hmm. yeah uh, yeah and yeah. how was that experience yeah that was that was really good that was great like uh, and was that in Europe again yeah that was in Europe that was the, the Meridian at that time yeah um, yeah that was like the that was the six person team there was three guys three girls Um it was just cool like you know you'd be on the floor you see all the you seen all the games athletes like Goodmanson and whoever competing on the floor and, yeah. and everything and the next thing you were on the same floor as them, you know, that was just a novelty, you know. Um so it was just cool to be there and using the the, the regional bars and the, the road plates and everything, yeah. you know, just taking everything like that in. It was um it was just a really cool experience because it's just you watch YouTube videos and you watch all this different things of these guys and you know, it's just to be there, it was just it was just a really good experience. You're just taking it all in yeah. basically. 
Did you meet Sarah Cyprus daughter? I was a year, yeah. I got the wee picture with Sarah at the time. Uh, may have asked her more. Did you I don't think I did. Hey, that's, that's the rumor anyway. Sure. We'll, we'll let it stick. <laughs> good, that's good, man. Good yeah, yeah, no, so that was good crack. I was, was, was we were there watching Emma. She, Emma McQuaid, she done really well that year at regionals. Um, I think again she just missed out narrowly. Um, but yeah, she was she was on form, so it was a really good year to be there watching it. You know, we were yeah. there as a team and yes. watching her as well, so it was really cool. Like. That's cool. So, Did you have another surgery then on that? Um, I had, more recently. I had one last November on my elbow. Oh right, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it wasn't. It was a different, um, uh, different to the Libra on your shoulder. Yeah, originally. yeah, it was. It was. Okay. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> give me a wee bit more about that. Um. One. So that was. I think it all came down from the shoulder, possibly. Um. To be fair, overcompensating, overcompensating and things like that, and crossfit. As I was the same. I, I think they all go back to football tackles and things. You know, like I was. You know. I just threw myself in front of a person, you know, to tackle them or whatever. You, know, you would have thrown yourself mm. and people would put their head kind of thing. Yeah. So that's probably why I wear an arm, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I think it all comes back to that. And if you have any small turns anywhere, the repetitive nature of CrossFit and weightlifting, it's uh, going to show it up. Yes, you know? yes, that's and, what I'm um, saying. People put it down to programming and everything. Yeah. But if it comes down to, like, it, comes, it, it does down to it probably comes down to my nature too. You know, I, I threw myself into things I probably shouldn't have ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And the game couldn't have talked, talk, so nobody could have really talked to you. Um, so yeah, I think that's how it happened. And the elbow was like a, a ligament tear, and then the ligament torn in it, and then the nerve that attached itself to the ligament. So we had to get that re- replaced and the nerve put back in place, and then the ligament reattached. Um, and that sort of showed up. It was actually the end of the open last year, um, 2018. And uh, I was like, I was literally doing the last qualifier, it was like thrusters and chest bar. And I was doing the repeat of it, and I remember just doing a front rack and thrusters. Like, oh, my elbow's sore. It was a wee bit tight beforehand, sometimes in nose or front squatting. Um, but then I was doing the thrusters, and it was like adrenaline kicked in anyway, and then never noticed it. And then that was the last week of the open. Um, and then the next thing, obviously, came through and qualified for regions and things, and it never really went away. And I was trying to do all elbow rehab, seeing the physio about it, and she just thought that she, what she did say the medial ligament and the elbow was lax. You know, you do a test and you press it against the other one and see how it is. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, okay. Um, and it was gotten pretty sore. And then it got to the point where my wrist started getting really sore. So my wrist had been a bit sore anyway. Again, all down that same side. My wrist had been pretty sore. And then uh, all the training for regionals and everything. And then the next thing, the handstand ramp came out. And mm-hmm. that was the first time it came out. And I was like, oh, shit, don't, like, don't do this to me. Because everything else was, was going really well. But then uh, I couldn't do it because my wrist was killing me. <laughs> so then wrist and elbow, I didn't know at the time there was anything wrong with my elbow. And um, then I think a week outside the regionals then I got a cortisone injection in my wrist. And then that that, that made it, I was instant pretty much, and that made it okay. Because yeah. like, the wrist just got progressively worse that whole training freezes because I couldn't really back off. I needed to train and I was doing it anyway yeah. and I don't regret it at all. Um, and I was training because I wanted to, you know, this is the ultimate goal, this was what I wanted to do. It was with that and potentially make the games. Yes. If it wasn't that stupid handstand wrap, it could have been a reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so how did you feel not making it then, again for another year? Um, the, the games, well, the games would have been nice on the cake, you know, um, just to be in the final heat. You know, I mentioned before we just being in the same floors, goodness, and never mind competing against them. Mm-hmm. You know, being in his heat and you know, and beating them, beating them kind of guys and things. Yeah. You know, that was that was. Um, these are full time. Yeah, these are guys yeah, exactly. That dedicate their life to it. Exactly. The same stage of them. Yeah, well, in the lead up to Furness, I took off like Fridays off work. I'd done the open on Fridays, Friday morning, you know, and uh, it's just really to give yourself more recovery time too. So um, I had reduced hours a wee bit um, and uh, and doing that kind of thing. But like, I had, like I had that that prep for that open in regionals that started like a year and a half before that kind of, you know, um, from the shoulder surgery after shoulder surgery, I was like, right, this is this is what's happening. I didn't do any competitions, didn't do anything. I just I had one goal in mind, and that was it. And um, yeah, so yeah, got, it's say, it, it did pay off, and just to be in the same floor as them was. Was that the first time the ramp was at the region? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, it was so throwing off a lot of people there. Oh, uh, big time, big time. It did, and it's just it was annoying because I couldn't practice it until like a couple of days beforehand. Like mm-hmm. I, I was in the deload week, and that's when I was practicing the ramp because I literally got the injection on the Friday before, um, on my wrist, and um, 
then I was on a detox week and that's when I only got over the ramp for the first time and then after reasons I find it not too bad, <laughs> do you know? Mm-hmm. But I, I was sort of distracting there, but it wasn't until then the end of that year. I was training the whole way through that summer. I'd done a couple of competitions for fun and stuff. Um, but the elbow and wrist really wasn't getting any better. And then eventually I got a scan and then they're like, yeah, you've torn the ligament in your elbow and whatever. So I think that kind of had been going on from the start of last year. So it didn't make me feel so bad for falling my face many times in the half hour round because yes, yes. I didn't have a stable yes. elbow to get yes. over it. Um, but uh, yeah, so they um, got that fixed anyway. And uh, that was last November and sort of I had a hampered, hampered to time trying to, trying to get back to fitness, but yeah. I'm still trying to get there. Okay. Um, then having all those injuries, I want to kind of get a wee bit more detail on you, your kind of mindset to get back to training. Because a lot of people can struggle with an injury yeah, and kind yeah. of not train. And yeah. um, in my head, what, I would probably say that we need is just a plan, mm. the support of people, and uh, a goal or motivation. And I think for you, the motivation was like the regionals or yeah. to make the game. So that's a strong motivation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The planning, like you're saying, Neil's there very good with um, the programming and stuff that you could do around the injury. Yeah. yeah. Um, what else? What What else is there that do you think that, that people would you. need to kind of? I think you pretty much knocked it all in the head there. Like that was that's really the thing. So you need a plan, you need support and you know I especially thought oh, I could do this myself, I don't need anyone around me or whatever, mm. but that only gets you so far. You know, you do need support, you need people being there on days that, you know, you might not want to train and they can be in, be in the best training sessions. Um, but you, you have to listen to yourself as well. People, you know, try and smash themselves too much. Um, but uh, I think you really did hit them all the main points. Um, what was your experience of them then? Say, we'll take that uh, first one with a plan. Yeah. Did, did, did Neil sit you down and kind of go through this plan with you, or did you kind of work out your schedule? Or um, no, he's always been very good in terms of that. And um, you know, sometimes, like, it's happened to me a couple of times, it's like, oh, Neil, I have to get surgery, you know. <laughs> Again. Uh, I know. He's <laughs> like, he's obviously got it for you. But straight away he's like right we can do this we can do this mm-hmm. and very proactive mm-hmm. and i definitely do need that you know you need somebody in your corner who's doing that for you mm-hmm. um because if you're not you're just going to sit and be stagnant and, and not get on and um you know i've, I've heard even the physio see um in, in hillsborough she's always saying how crossers always just seem to come back from training and it's just a training atmosphere they've created for themselves you know yeah it's because if you sit and do nothing you know you're going to be depressed you're going to be feeling sorry for yourself, you don't want to feel crappy, like, you know, so if you get into the gym and at least you're exercising, you're going to feel a lot better about yourself, yes, you know, so it's the endorphins thing as well, mm-hmm. um, and she's always saying how crossfit generally do, but because they come in, there's so much skilled on movements, people come in and train yeah. and do whatever, so you, you can literally see the difference, two, two identical people could have the same surgery and go two very different paths, one can have a full recovery and mm-hmm. one might not, mm-hmm. you know, so it really depends what you do after and your mindset to that. You yes. Know? Give me some one of the, the most inventive workouts that you've done. <laughs> I've seen you sitting on an assault bike, uh, turning away uh, with one arm in a sling, yeah. and you beating away, you know, on the assault uh, bike. I can give you some of the inventive, inventive and some of the stupidest. <laughs> stupidest on the stupid. The one of the most inventive is probably like that, you know, see with like assault bike and bikes and sled drags and pushes and things like that, because mm-hmm. you can keep your legs strong and moving. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really good, you know, um, sled drags, um, prior pushes, things like that, because maybe you don't need your arms, you know, so you can keep yeah. things like that and the whole body working. So I think that they're so handy, but um, I think it was after, so obviously it was quite fresh in the, the CrossFit scene, and it was after the first knee surgery, having partial mastectomy in your knee, and 10 days, I think it was, exact, it was exactly 10 days before Christmas had the surgery, and uh, guys on Christmas Day were doing like a marathon row, and uh, I was 10 days after the knee surgery, and I'd done the marathon row without bending my legs, just pretty much done over lower back. Let's see. It was... It just again, it's just like oh, everybody's doing it. I'm gonna go up and do it. <laughs> just, and yeah, road. I just kept my feet in, Super. and I think I had about maybe I moved it minute leg, about maybe thirty degrees, you know, and then done it all the way back. Like, so yeah, it was probably one of the stupidest ones. But um, but yeah, in terms of being a, being inventive, that was that was the early days. Though, so that was um, that was uh, uh, that put, was put, put that down yeah, to being a novice. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. the but yeah, just in terms of getting moving, I, I think. Um, 
you just have to be aware of, like, say, especially single arm stuff. It's like overload as well. So you need to you need to know how much you can do and how much you can manage. Yeah. Um, which you, I want to think a lot need is good at too. Um, the other thing I've seen people using was like belts and harnesses to maybe even do like a deadlift with like um, a harness or you know uh, just things like that. Did you use? I think you did use harnesses uh, and stuff for this stage. for belt squats and things. For, uh, for, yeah, for belt squats and um, you know people if you don't have belt squat machines like stand on top of two boxes and uh, putting kettlebells on the harness yes. and you know squatting that yes. way. Again, it's just trying to get loads to your legs and keep the whole chain moving. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think that's that is definitely very important. There's there's so much stuff you can do. If you don't, mm. you know, you think of all the cross movements and what you can do your legs. You know, jumping squats, lunges, jumping mm. squats. You know, there's just so much stuff you, you can do if you want to. Yeah. that's what it comes down to. Is it's it's if you want to do it. You know, yeah. if you're motivated yes. to do it. You know. Um, uh, so we have that plan put in this. Uh, other people like uh, the people around you. You like Neil would have been one. Yeah. Uh, anybody else that kind of maybe rang you today to say, oh, are you making the gym? How are you getting on? Yeah, you know, yeah. was there a lot of that in the CrossFit uh, gym as well, or yeah. how did you find the it's, support it's, that it's way? It's definitely changed over the years we've been training here. You know, initially it was with Luke, and we were always in contact and competition with each other. And yes. Then um, and that, that, there's really no better thing because you get you get your ass handed to you one night, you want to come back the next night and yeah. beat that person. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know, even if you're hanging out or you're tired that day. Because they beat you the next time, you want to beat them the next time, no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, so I think that is good. Um, you definitely need some level of competition. Um, and then um, obviously Emma, she was training in the gym, and with we at the time. And there was like some Barry Murs about, and Jeffy Elliott, and um, it's just a good competitive mm-hmm. um, group around the gym, yeah, you know. And um, so it's just a good environment to be around. So it just sort of came easy, really, you yeah. know. And you just always be in contact, and yeah. Neil would always be training as well. So um, it's just a good environment to be in, do you know. I think one of the things is your motivation. Like that, that has to be one of the major things. From talking to you now, mm-hmm. the last forty minutes or whatever, you are, you know, you want to put your head in places where you wouldn't be, put your feet or your hand, you know, yeah, and, yeah, and Gaelic yeah, yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. and just having that. Um, so what what do you think that is innate in you then? What is it that competitive nature, or um, is it like a thing that oh, I don't want to be seen as average i want to be the best i can be or is it like like what would they put in your gravestone you know yeah I mean? um i think that, that's really what it is you know of so many stories and so many times it's like you hear people saying what if what if i'd done that and you know oh this was the reason i couldn't do this and this is the reason i couldn't do that it's mm. like everybody has reasons they can't do things or, they, or everybody has things that hold them back everybody has their own life story it's like you know just do it. That's yeah. that's what the people at the top are doing. They're just doing it. Yes, they might have an easier route. They might have better sponsors. They might be full time. But you know, I'm not saying I do that all the time. But um, when I did do it, it, I think I did it right. But um, yeah, you just it's just has to, you have to have a, a mentality. It's it's a mentality and a goal. And I think it could be learnt too. It's not yeah. something like that of people feel sorry and down from themselves all yeah, the time. Yeah, yeah. And they are more of it. But a behavior, any behavior, can be learnt. Yeah, yeah. And do you, have you done any self development or books um, or no, anything not like that? a whole lot. It definitely can be learned, but I think it's definitely innate in some people too. Mm-hmm. And if you can harness that, then you're on to a bit more of a winner. It's, yeah, it is as well. Yeah, and yeah. people just don't have that competitive nature sometimes. Like in CrossFit workouts, like sometimes, like you ask anybody, what goes through your head in a workout? I just want to, want to survive. Oh, I want to beat that person. I want to do this. You know, it goes through a, such a wide range of emotions. Yes. Um, but for me, it's like, yeah, whenever you do get on that floor and you be competitive, especially like say last year, whenever you got on that floor reasons you want to be competitive, I was like, I've worked my ass off to be here. I've gone through so much shit, whatever, mm-hmm. and I'm going to show up here. This is how I'm showing everybody, you know, what I've worked for. Um, so getting that chance to, to do that, that was, that made everything worth it, you know, sacrifices and everything. It's just to show off what you worked hard for. Uh, you know, it was um, people for me that, anyway. Yeah. I, I don't know how to explain it or how to say why you'd done it or whatever, but it was just, um, yeah, I can't really explain it, I guess. Did you enjoy it as well whenever you were there? Or was it like, I'm just going to go all out and not think about enjoying it or whatever? Just I, I, I'm, I'm, Everybody's different. Everybody's very different. I just, um, I kept saying, kind of kept myself to myself. I didn't like, I'm leaving the time to talk to everybody. I didn't even go on social media the whole weekend. Um, 
But again, would I do that again? Maybe not. I maybe it would be okay going on Instagram in even time, but during the weekend it didn't at all. But um, it was just what I, it's like, if you just pick a route and you pick a process, you go for it, you know? And that's what I'd done. I was like, right, over the weekend, I'm keeping myself to myself, I'm not going on social media, I'm not going to get bogged down anything. Um, because whenever I came in on day two, like the CrossFit guys were over interviewing me, because day one I went really well, and the next thing, event three was the Hanson ramp. So I kind of went out the window and thought, all right, this is somebody to watch. Mm-hmm. But um, So I didn't want to get caught up in any hype in anything, do you know? Um, but yeah, I think if you just have a process, you have a goal, you have you set it in your head how you're going to do things, then you just go for it. Inevitably, things will, you know, curveballs will come and you just yeah, have to deal yeah, with it in the way. Yeah. But I guess that's what separates people from actually achieving things then, because yes. you, you, no matter what in life or whatever, you have to be able to take them curveballs and go on, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on the nutrition. Like, did you get more scientific in that way where you, you fine-tuned uh, your nutrition whenever you were injured or did you have support in that way or did you kind of just wing it again? No, <laughs> no I was still sticking to principles. Like, I, I, I learned general principles of, you know, basically eating, eating raw foods, eating yes. healthy foods. Like, yeah. I've always done that. Um, after surgery, it's like, you know, initially it's like, um, or injury, it's like, right, eat what you can. It's like trying to fuel yourself. Mm. Um, I did meticulously for like six weeks, no caffeine and no sugar. You know, it's like, give yeah. yourself the best yes. way to recover. Yes. You know, no, no pro-grammatories and yeah. things like that. Um, so I think that's definitely very important. Um, but yeah, in terms of like actual macro balance, it was more like, you know, go on my feel and, you know, my activity levels weren't really high. So yeah. I'd like, you know, bowl of porridge to have in the morning be like half the size you'd have one now. Yeah. Um, trying to stick to some sort of structure um but it is difficult it is very difficult um you know like there's definitely times like you, you just you just feel crap maybe you're used to training so much you just feel you don't feel the same and um whenever your nutrition's not on point either you don't feel the same um so yeah it's just not as easy you know but um, yeah i think going by feel is, and, is and good avoiding avoiding those uh, and, and those, those inflammatory foods sorry maybe yeah. refined sugars or something yeah. keeping it more whole foods yeah like yeah your, sure. your veg and stuff and Making sure you're having that protein line as well. Yeah, yeah, um, big time. Big time. Another one. I think uh, it's tracking your food, you know, because some people... Do you track? Um, I have done over the time, um, but, I, you know, I just kind of have an idea now. Yeah, no, you do, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. everybody, even now and again, just track it to see what you're, do- see what you're getting yes. in, because you can yes. be surprised, oh, shit, I'm on rating, or you yeah. think you've eaten, like, especially if you're, you're going about busy that day, you think you've eaten enough, maybe you haven't. You know, so um, and probably you're getting your feet off. You know, a wee bit tired by is that? Yeah, track and they find out that exactly, okay. exactly. Yeah, so I think if, if, if people don't know, if you don't know about nutrition, I think it's very important to, to do that. Like, mm. you know, cool. Uh, so nothing really specific um, on the the nutrition side of whenever you're recovering from an injury. Yeah, uh, just or, or eating just eat, eating well, eating clean, mm. and. Um, because it's, it's hard enough to come back from injury and I guess people across it as well, everyone's everyone's a bit being, everyone's into the aesthetics too and yeah. they're like, oh, I don't want to get fat, I don't want to do this, but yeah. at the same time you want to put yourself back in a healthy space to recover, so yes. you have to be okay with that. Um, like you're, you're not going to maybe look the same as you were when you're training five times a week or so many hours a day, so you have to be okay with that and uh, realise the most important thing is get fit healthy again and then you can start pushing on, you know, so... Cool. Um, the other area I wanted to kind of get, ask you about is wh- where are you learning? What are you learning from? Is it just more kneeling people in the gym? Do you read books? I mean, listen to audio books? Like, what's your... Um, I do. I, I go through phases. Like, I think I go through a phase of months where I don't listen to anything or whatever. Then it goes through phases of listening to audio books a week. Or, yeah. Uh, but yeah, audio books really, um, and work it's easy in the computer. You know, we have an audio book playing in the background. In terms of like... Um, I, I would sort of go for like you know people's sporting experiences and, and how they deal with things and and uh, things like that. Have you listened to Chase and Excellence then by Ben Burgeon? I actually never have listened no. to that one. No, it's, okay. it's that one I must do. It's just I just never done it. Um, just different people. Like there's one um, Chrissy Wellington. She's like an Ironman athlete, and yeah. you know she's going through her experiences and her training, and she sort of developed quite late in the sport, and. Um, just all of her psyche and you know what she'd done um it, but in terms of psyche as well actually it, I, I suppose i'm at an advantage that uh, my sister's actually a sports psychologist and oh, she right. she actually works with them um, british athletics and uh, right. 
she well she was actually she was actually with me at regionals last year and I can't really say I can't really pinpoint things. She was probably psychologizing me and I didn't even know. <laughs> you serious? Asking those know, questions, you know, yes. asking things. But, um, I was in contact with her a lot and just having conversations about training and things. Yeah. And refer like I'd say it probably did help. Yeah. Um, and what sort of questions was she asking you at the time? You know, it could just be about training, how your session, and you know, think it, it would. It honestly, it was like a general chit chat. Yes. Um, but again, um, certain things would just be you know, and you know why wasn't that good or you know it's uh-huh. even see approaching qualifiers and approaching the open and, and whatever it was like you know uh you know have your routine have your structure do it whenever you feel you the best of doing it you know to try and get the best out of yourself right um but anything i've learned or anything sports ecology wise so that's probably why i haven't really delved too much into um other things she's kind of doing it for me right. <laughs> you know right. but it's it's very minor it's you know it's because mindset can be changed in a second. It's, you know, mm-hmm. how you literally approach something. Mm-hmm. Like I remember actually last year in, in the final days, in the final day of the regionals, I was just like, I was a bit, I was a bit bummed. It was like, this, the day before it didn't go that well. And uh, I was just like, oh, what's the point? And I remember she said to me, she was like, look, I guarantee you, if you finish in the top 10 uh, in thing, you know, you know, life will change for you or something. Or she said something anyway. And I remember being like, my mindset just changed immediately. Mm-hmm. I just felt that, you know, that buzz you just feel. Mm-hmm. I was just like, right, let's just go for it. You know, it was, I was just, you're just feeling sorry for yourself. You're feeling a bit, bit beat up and tired and whatever. And like, like, what's the point? And then I went out and had a pretty good last day and, you know, enjoyed it and finished it on the high, you know. So okay. it's just small things. And um, I, someone able to acknowledge whenever, you know, someone's just a bit off or they're not, um, it's in body language, things to say, things yes. to do. Um, and be able to acknowledge that and how do you change that and how do you change your mindset and you know cues for yourself of um, being able to switch that you know yeah. um, and you've learned certain things from her to kind of help you as well um, kind of again she'd always just say that I was just kind of an innate competitor I was just kind of I've just I've just had that in your head but then to say whenever things like um, the handstand wrap and things weren't going well it's that's whenever you need to test your your mindset yes it's like you know if you're walking away shake your hands out you know it's like you're shaking everything off mm-hmm. um it's just tiny things but some people might not do that people might do something very different yeah it could be self-talk some people might talk themselves you know it could be um it could be a, a variety of things it's just find cues or things that work for you or yeah. maybe it's pulling on past experiences pulling on training um like if you're in a, in a complete hurt locker workout it's like Pulling on past experiences, maybe you get up at six thirty in the morning. It's like, why did you do that? Maybe you start feeling sorry for yourself. Why did you get up and train that time yeah. for so many months in a row? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it it, it just depends. Maybe yeah. on workouts, depends on days. You know, it depends what you're you doing. You have different cues yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah. Another good one for you, if you get a chance. I don't know if you uh, listen to it. David Goggins. Oh yeah, listen to his actually. Uh, He's yeah. a mad man. <laughs> absolutely mad man. But like, I think you know he is obviously severely genetic. Like, Running and broken legs, oh like, you man, know, he's insane. Like that's like, that's insane. You know, like he's he's a different breed. Uh, uh, like uh, to even think about doing that. Yeah, like, yeah The pain yeah. he was going through yeah, to be resilient yeah. enough to continue. Yeah, yeah. it was a twenty-four hour race or something that he was doing. He's done loads of them. Yeah, loads of them. Loads of them. He's absolutely mad. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was a good listen though. Uh, um, finally, um, man, I think that's you've you've helped me a lot to kind of understand more of uh training my under the injury and stuff and and i learned a lot about yourself so i really appreciate it taking the time no between your sessions to come and talk to me is yeah. there anything that i haven't asked you that you think that you would i would add a little bit a little bit extra value or um not not particularly um I think you covered most things. I probably yeah. ramble on a lot a wee bit, but uh, in terms of in terms of training or coming back from injury, it's you really did hit all of the bullet points. It's goals, people around you, motives, um, um, and that's really it. You know, you, you need the support network and you need a plan and you need to be motivated. And um, it's like you know, people who uh, people who you know aren't competitive or people who you know just want to do it for general fitness. And you see them in doing the rehab. I'm like. You know, fair play to you. Like, you know, I have more respect for them because I'm like, I always done it with yeah. a, a competitive goal in mind. Yes, and I, yes. For ages, I can understand, you know, how everyone would, you know, be so motivated just to get up and do it themselves. Like, you know, so you need to have a goal and your motivation. Maybe their motivation is they want to play with their kids or they want to do whatever. Mm. 
So um, yeah, you need to have some sort of motivation or and motivation support network is, is key. Like. Cool. Yeah. Um, finally, is there any shout outs or anything, any sponsors stuff you want any sort of mention and let people know that you're... Yeah, well, the obvious is Wage UK, they sort of came on board and they've been great, you know, and they're actually helping out a bit financially too. And um, them guys, they're, it's, it's easy to say whenever they're actually selling a great product too. So um, if everyone buys Wage UK, they'll make them happy. Cool. <laughs> uh, Your discount code D. Yeah, Savage, <laughs> Savage 10, I think it is. Check out on Instagram bio, I think it's there. Um, that and then Holly Clothing, obviously they've been like with me from the start. They've uh, kept me kept me fresh in the new latest Holly Clothing yes. um, t-shirts nice. since cool. they've come out. Um, Important me nutrition. Them guys just with supplements and things. They sell they have stock across all the shops in Northern Ireland basically. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so they keep you fresh with Nopo and whatever and keep the six a.m. Oh, training nice. sessions. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty handy. Like, so <laughs> it is. Um, I think that's it really. Oh, sorry, and um, also Lean. These guys actually. Who's supplying me with uh, meat packets like every two weeks, yeah. and they keep me keep me going. So uh, them guys are pretty good again. What do you call them? Also lean. They're also based in Kilkee. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they do like meat pack deliveries. It's actually really good value for you know what you get like a full meat pack. So um, yeah, them guys are very helpful. And so much appreciated. Cool man. Yeah, they all take the edge off things, make, make things a wee bit easier. Yeah, yeah. You know? Brilliant. Um, yeah. Guys, there you have. Thank you very much for listening. And uh, we'll see you again on another show. Hello and, and thank you guys for taking the time to listen in. Um, that was PD Savage, um, a really great guy. Now remember I, I said to you about uh, the recovery methods and just summarizing things at the end? Uh, this is what I'm going to do now. So, uh, different recovery methods that I had asked uh, PD was physio, saunas, ice, ice baths, mobility and foam rolling but him really um, he would ideally use all methods but um, the only thing that's been consistent is the physio really um, it doesn't have time for doing a lot of foam rolling and stuff but during training sessions and that he would always start with mobility and activation so if it was squat, uh, squatting, for example, um, he would get his glutes firing off, right? Or if he's doing gymnastics, to make sure his shoulder and rotator cuff were activated and mobilized. Um, probably more specific uh, with each given, you know, shoulder past, uh, well, his injuries in the past for shoulder injuries and, and, and things. So um, stuff that he's used in rehab before to kind of help activate those muscles. Um, so generally, um, across a workout, uh, he would start with several banded exercises and movements and making sure the muscle groups are really stimulated. Um, manual therapy is a good one, but can't seem to fit it in constantly into the schedule. But um, plus the cost of the treatments and stuff sometimes can be um, costly. So uh, he gets the best bang for the buck uh, with one physio session every week or so um, if he can sometimes uh, two two weeks um, that's just only if something is niggling okay but would also like use a sauna and that um, and personally feels really good after um, using a sauna uh, and like other other techniques like ice baths and stuff if, if you work really closely with the physio they'll be able to uh, give you more specific uh, techniques that you can use for your injury like the banded exercises like the saunas or ice baths or um, different activations for uh, the muscle group okay so definitely the physio is a a massive one that's going to help you um, uh, really help the recovery of it now that's your sort of the techniques now the nutrition for an injury and recovery process now there's three stages to a recovery process the first stage is the inflammation stage which sometimes people think inflammation is bad but you'll get pain you'll get swelling you get redness uh, but this is what draws healing chemicals to that injured area all right then you have a stage two uh, which is basically the damaged tissues are being removed new blood supply and temporary tissue temporary tissue is being built again okay 
So then in stage three, we have like a remodeling stage, which is going to make things stronger. A more permanent tissue will, re will replace that temporary tissue. So nutrition is going to be critical in all three stages. So inflammation, as critical as it is and triggers the repair process, too much can be and can actually cause additional damage so there's st strategies to help reduce the rate of month okay so you have the anti-inflammatory fats like olive oil avocados you've got your fish oil supplement even if you wanted to eat mackerel salmon or sardines you can have a little bit of mixed nuts and seeds as well so these are all going to be help uh, helping the inflammation all right now it's best to stay away from the pro-inflammatory things like your processed foods you've got your hot dogs you've got your vegetable oils you've got your burgers your sweets all the lovely stuff that you love to eat okay so um there can be other things to help manage um your inflammation like herbs and spices um curcumin turmeric um you've got garlic um, cocoa tea and berries are great antioxidant as well so using grape extracts, green tea extracts, citrus, citrus extracts, um, bioflavonoid supplements can all, can all help uh, in them improving the inflammation for your, um, of your injury. Um, the stage two and stage three, now this, this is whenever you're remodeling the muscle and, and repairing the joints or whatever the case may be for the injury. Now, we all know that you're not going to be exercising as much as what you were before the injury. So, um, your energy intake is a priority. Now, saying that you are sedentary quite a lot. Now, from that, you can be your metabolism can still be have an increase of fifteen to fifty percent. Um, you'll need fewer calories, but because you're not training as hard, but you still need enough to help the recovery process so getting the right amount of protein um, the balanced of dietary fat eating loads more colorful fruits and veg it's all going to add in different vitamins different minerals antioxidants that's going to help the recovery process you must eat enough carbs as well but just enough to supply the minimum amount of energy now i'm going to write a little i'm going to take this from precision nutrition because they give an example in the in the course uh, for this and i'm going to give that example on my blog so you want to go and look at that and see how it's calculated out you can you can take your own specific uh, activity level your calorie intake and 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 find out what you you need um, okay so that'll be extra on the blog if you want to go look at that there other useful supplements um, two to four weeks post injury is very very helpful to maybe supplement on a vitamin a or vitamin c tablet um, you got maybe even copper or zinc um, other supplements like hmb glutamine arginine are all going to help uh, repair uh, the muscle and, and and promote the injury recovery okay so i'll put a wee bit extra on the blog which you can you can look at and, and have a wee read over um the majority of this information is taken from my precision nutrition course so it's not just made up okay it's actually um taught in the course that's it really guys uh, hopefully you got a lot of content and um a few golden nuggets out of that podcast um, when I thank um, PD for taking the time out of his training schedule to come talk to me and I wish him all the best in October uh, for the CrossFit Open again um, I'm sure the rest of you is if you if watch watch out because uh, he'll probably do really well okay so for uh, that podcast um, I want to say thank you very much for listening and I'll see you again very soon I'm sure